1: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello
0: and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Wednesday, a very busy Wednesday already. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Um,
2: well, I'm trying to be very careful here. All right. Very careful. I uh, see this here. What? Uh, comedian. Well, I'll just, I'll call her comedian. Kathy Griffin gets her lips tattoos.
0: Alleged comedian.
2: Yes. Shares swollen before picture. Oh. And so I'm looking at, boy, she is, I mean, she is just... She is just absolutely uh, beautiful. And I'm saying this because the last thing I ever want to be accused of is fat lip shaming.
0: Yeah, we don't ever want to no, be. I don't want yeah, to be no. accused
2: of fat no. lip shaming. So no. she looks absolutely beautiful there.
0: That's right. Just, that's, I mean, that's beautiful. That's she
2: is. Beautiful doesn't even cover it. Gorgeous.
0: She should Take just, it up a level. Gorgeous. She should be. Be herself. And that's Well those lips uh, those lips are pretty big. It it's uh yeah, that's her. Hmm. Wow. My God, did you see? see
2: you know what it, it is? It looks she she knows exactly what she's doing. She did that so people would comment negatively on her. She's to the point now where I think she's she's even saying to herself, you know, the only publicity I'm ever going to get is bad publicity. So I might as well <laughs> I might as well <laughs> jump the, in at yeah, first. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to help the feeding frenzy because yeah. of that
0: picture, it's like yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a mugshot. It's not.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say that the surgery went wrong. All I'm going to say. Is those lips have their own congressman. <laughs> and it's a and it's a very,
2: very big district. <laughs> it's 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 a sizable district. <laughs> yes. Uh so but uh, we don't want to get caught fat lip shaming. That's the last thing we want to get caught on here in the show. We, no,
0: we don't it's clearly what she wanted, and if that's what she wanted, I mean that's what you go for, right? I mean you, yes. if you pay for that, then that's what you...
2: Well, apparently she... Uh, now, I haven't seen the, the... You know, she's got her lips tattooed, so there it's sw- swollen the before picture. Now, I don't know why it's swollen. I I don't understand the process for tattooing lips, and I will never well, probably yeah. know personally yeah. well, the, the procedure for tattooing
0: lips. I have uh, three adult daughters. Uh, I have a wife, I have uh, six granddaughters, four of whom are in their teens, one is 18, and we've talked about the tattooing the eyebrows. And I didn't know that it had become, like, extremely popular. I was seeing these videos, they're TikTok videos, but you see them on other social media, and they're whoever the influencer is. I'm like, okay, her Eyebrows are really square. You're approaching Groucho March territory. And I'm thinking, is that for the theatrical appeal? Is there, what am I missing? Is, is that, because that doesn't look natural. No, those are tato- tattoos. Tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> That's permanent. And it's, yes, because we have to. We, we pluck our eyebrows to shape them, and then we color them back on. Now, that stand-up bit has been around for a long time. I yes. forget the comedian that mm-hmm. did it. And it was somebody who was clearly a misogynist, because I remember it was a male, and they were making fun of women, and that's wrong. Very good. Very good. You're. <laughs> You're you're following
2: my lead here today. <laughs> hey, listen, I just I just need
0: number. I I just need not to get a complaint email and also a roof over my head when I get home. But I look at that and 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 it's oh and then I started noticing it more and it's like no, a lot of people are doing that. It's like all right, well to each their own. I didn't know they were also tattooing lipstick. You go the wrong color on that and well we don't know what to tell you. You you chose purple. You're going to look like you're starving for oxygen, but that's the color you chose. <laughs> Blue lips. Yeah, I I don't know why you would do that permanently when you're 90. And we hope you live to that <laughs> long at least and you're going to it's going to look different. Talking about eyebrows, I they're going to try and revive you every
2: day. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I was it was on YouTube. I was as I, I do so much, you know, show prep through YouTube, looking at Washington stuff. Yeah, but as I'm looking at stuff going on in D.C. and what politicians are saying and all that, mm. you know, all of a sudden an occasional Norm Macdonald will come up, <laughs> and it was yeah. it was when it had to be in the night. Uh, yeah, it was in the '90s. Cause that's when he was doing. SNL yeah. when when the guy when the drummer uh from oh uh, what's the uh, REM retired
0: yeah, yeah and right. he's got
2: a picture of him and y- you just know where Norm's going because that's the guy with the one eyebrow oh the unibrow <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. it's just and, yeah. you, and it's yeah. like okay I I know what's coming sometimes with, with Norm mcdonald it was. You had to wait a few seconds to get there. But you know it's coming. But yeah. you know the it's coming. The moment
1: you
0: see the picture, it was, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, yeah. you know, now
2: that's a sign of a great comedian. When you know what's coming
0: <laughs> and you still stick around exactly. for it. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just waiting for the delivery. And when it happens, you you get the laugh and, every time. It's and then
2: remember, what was it? Uh, what Remember when it was the fad maybe about 20 years ago? All the women were getting what the tattoo on the lower back? Yeah. Remember that? And they were all doing it. Yeah. And SNL did something on that, and it was they would they all said like juicy. Yeah. Remember? Right. Yeah. Juicy. Yeah. And so <laughs> SNL did the evolution of that of that tattoo, you know, over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. What do they call the time thing when they do the where they, you know, just to accelerate the time. Oh, the timeline, the yeah, timeline, yeah, the yeah, time, yeah. and and it's it's like you know, five years, ten years, and it's like thirty years later. it Doesn't say juicy, it says saggy. Yeah. <laughs> they they evolved it into yeah, saggy, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't have any tattoos. You have to be careful about what you choose because it's going to be there, you know. And it's yes. like, yeah, I it's it, look if if you find it. Uh, uh, it, uh, it, uh, I I don't know why you would want to tattoo makeup on permanently. So is that but, what she's doing when she's tattooing her lips? She's
2: just yeah. it's, it's,
3: it's,
0: oh, it's just going to be lipstick. I, yeah. I'm thinking there's going to be a tattoo, yeah. like
2: and like. What I said, do you draw? What do you draw? Oh, it's just the color. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. all right, all right, yeah, yeah. All right. See how out of touch I am. I'm an old man. We didn't do things. <laughs>
0: When I was young, like that. Well, I see so many of the eyebrows, you know, the eyebrow tattoos, mm-hmm. and you can tell because it's a, it's like a, you know, right where the eyebrow is over the nose, you know, the yeah that side of it, mm-hmm. it's square, and so you can tell you can you can show it, and it, I mean you can see it, so it's um yeah you want to get that done, that's fine, but just know that that's going to be there. That's you know you're not going to be able to take that off at night that's gonna be there so all
2: right i've never had
3: Mm.
0: ever even when i was a teenager any inkling
2: ever to get a tattoo
3: no ever and
2: now for me it was simple Mm. i avoid pain at any cost yeah does it hurt well yeah yeah well but not a lot well i don't care yeah i'm I'm avoiding pain but none of my none of my buddies it was never a thing what do you think should we get a tattoo this weekend it, let's get drunk and get a tattoo it was a what,
0: generational thing I, I don't know when it started where it's it was like main it became mainstream but and i don't know if it's i i don't think it's still mainstream maybe it is actually i think it is because i'm seeing it on a lot of people there they go the full sleeve on the arms and everything else and you know, that's fine. Um, I never had a desire to get one. But.
2: Yeah, I never did. I always thought that when somebody wanted you to do something and the premise started with let's get drunk and that the and, what came after the and was probably not the greatest idea because you had to be drunk before you would contemplate doing that. Right. And I thought to myself, probably even when I was drunk, that's not good. <laughs> Well, it's, that's
0: not a good way to, you know, go. if you're it's sitting life. around having a couple of beers with friends and, and I don't drink anymore. But but in the past, well, just a couple two a week, beers, week. Yeah. It, when yeah, you were having no. just back then, 2 I'm I'm having two uh, a decade in, at this point. But but, you know, in the past, sitting around with old friends and after a beer, you know, someone says, hey, you know what we should do tonight? <laughs> I always say, no, I don't. <laughs> I
2: don't know at all. And for you, it was, you know what we should do tonight? What, have a third beer?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Go to bed? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) get some sleep? (laughs) That'd be the thing. Hey, this Friday, I'm going to get drunk and, and what? Go to sleep. (laughs) Well, that's a great thing, this reunion I have with my buddies that I've known, some of them since, uh, you know, third or fourth grade. Uh, every year and we're at that age where it's like well good night guys dude it's 7 30 <laughs> we have an hour of daylight left what are you, where are you going i don't know it's a long day what time did you get up nine or or i've got you know i've got like
2: i'm this year i'm going to more concerts i think than i've gone to in a bunch of years and yeah there's actually one uh, coming up that I believe maybe in the afternoon, and I'm really looking forward to that one. But uh a, yeah, mat, they, matinee do, a matinee show. But well, Trans Siberian is yeah. I was going to the matinee show for Trans Siberian. So yeah. it's like, well, I really like the I really like the matinee show because afterwards you can go out and you're home by seven thirty. Yeah. But the it's even the shows, and I'm like, why are they doing it? Uh, when I went to see Pablo Cruz a couple of weeks ago, they had an opening act, which was still a really interesting opening act because it was a guy right. who sang Brandy. Right. And but it was still like, we're not. It's not going to be done till quarter after eleven. I can't right. handle the quarter after eleven. When I was twenty one, the bands didn't
0: start until quarter after eleven. As, as I can attest to that. I, as well, if there were two bands, the first band would start at nine but if the band you were there to see didn't start until 11 right yeah. yeah and you would just think that you know you you would just
2: think that the closer that you get to death the older that you get that you'd want to be awake more
0: well and all and the, it's well, the opposite all no. the bands <laughs> are really old like the guys yeah, in i right. made right. they should do only matinees <laughs> i mean come <laughs> on <laughs> it's like i yeah that's not even it's you should only be doing matinees if you're at that age who was it that uh i was reading about recently and you know they're they're uh you know they're in their 70s i mean you look at elton john they're all coming a lot of them are ending their kind of their touring thing and uh that has to do by the way that has to do with a couple of things: the economy. It's really expensive to tour right now, and you you have to be someone like that, and Elton John. I don't think that's why he quit doing it, uh, but you know their age. Uh, the Rolling Stones had said they're on their last forty year tour. There, that's it. They're done in forty years. They're going to call it. We saw him in ninety one. My wife and I. It was it was our it was. I
2: remember one of the final big, tours in seventy eight or seventy seven.
0: Yeah, we saw him. It wasn't. Uh, it, no, that wasn't. Ninety one. We got married in ninety one. It was eighty nine. I think eighty nine steel wheels tour. And I said to her, I said, you know, I have these tickets. Radio station gave me tickets. My boss is going. He'll drive us uh, with his wife. And and so we can all hang out together. And that and it's it would be great. Would you like to go? Because, you know, they're probably going to be done in a couple of years. That was (laughs) eighty nine or ninety. I forget when it was. Almost. They're not, look, they're on their last leg. <laughs> Almost 35 years ago. <laughs> 35 years ago. Pearl Jam hadn't even started yet. <laughs> Nirvana wasn't born. Nirvana wasn't even <laughs> born. Taylor Swift? Are you kidding me? No way. That's, uh, she wasn't born. Sorry, mm. I, I don't get it. Yeah. The Taylor Swift thing? Yeah, I don't get it. My youngest... Uh, daughter don't, don't get it. uh was a fan when she was younger yeah but uh but yeah i i you know i don't know man i mean i don't argue music because it's stupid people like what they like i i will tell you who but, uh, but, is just, is still stellar today and i saw her years ago because i took my daughter to see she was the opening act for in sync and i was taking my daughter to see in sync years ago pink and she still her concerts now are better than when I saw her.
2: Well, well, she surrounds herself. Uh, what what is the uh, the movie that the documentary both was watched
0: on? Guitarist. Um, hired hands or yeah, uh, or hired the, guns. Hired guns. Hired yeah, guns. Yeah, hired yeah I guns, mean,
2: yeah. she was on Hired Guns with the guitarist that yeah. she, one of the guitarists she brings, who's just unbelievably. So she surrounds herself with the best musicians, yeah. which again, that's what you should do. I mean, Alex, same thing with Alice Cooper. Yeah, all of his musicians were were yeah. in the
0: hired gun things. Her, uh, her, and her voice live. I saw a video. It was only about a 45 second clip of a recent show. It's it's unreal. On Un, and she was doing acrobatics over the crowd. By the way, while she was singing. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know where politics are. Before you write me, I know, I know that talent all day. It's uh, crazy.
2: Eight six six ninety red eye. This preventative maintenance
4: tip is brought to you by Hot Shot Secret, the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. Without the proper lubricity, lubrication you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards, and the Engine Manufacturers Association's recommendation for lubricity to keep your fuel system protected. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com.
5: This report is brought to you by Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, Adelia right now uh, will be at least a Category 3, or they're predicting a Category 4.
0: In fact, that's been the uh, conversation, especially over the last 90 minutes or so, that the prediction is that it will be a strong and dangerous Category 4 when it makes landfall later this morning in Florida. And uh, the National Hurricane Center, you and I are keeping up with updates there Coming up in just a few minutes, meteorologist George Rizzuto from the National Weather Service Forecast Office for Miami and South Florida is going to join us live. That's coming up after the break. Uh, And give us the latest details on Idalia, but a very, very strong storm. And you saw during the evening hours some of the photos and footage coming out of that area and the storm surge already, the, the flooding that's already happening. We've talked about this. A number of times uh, it was, uh, you know, back in uh, 2005 when you first started on the show, Gary, and we and th- one of the first big stories we covered was Katrina and making its second landfall in Louisiana and how strong that storm was. When you talk about a Category Four making landfall, this will be a hurricane that they are talking about for a very, very long time
2: the only if there's any good thing about it is right now it's targeted at least where it initially hits mm. on a pretty uninhabited area
0: right there are it's not as populated right. but
2: it's still as when we talked to greg yesterday
0: from yeah. real talk in, in, right.
2: yeah, in, in tallahassee there's a lot of trees you have that kind of wind it's going to cause a lot of damage yes, there it, yes it will
1: Call and join the conversation. one 90 red eye Red Eye Radio.
2: And uh, I'm Gary McNamara along with
0: Eric Harley. Good morning. Hurricane Idalia. Forecasts to make landfall later this morning in Florida along the Florida Big Bend region as a major category Four hurricane. Let's go right now to the National Weather Service Forecast Office in Miami for South Florida. George Rizzuto, meteorologist, is joining us right now. Good morning, George. What's the latest on Idelia, and what should we expect in the coming hours? Good morning. So Idalia is sitting in the eastern
6: Gulf of Mexico at the moment, moving northward pretty rapidly. Um, and as it does so, it is it is intensifying pretty quickly. Um, so it's still a Category 2 storm with maximum sustained winds of 110 miles per hour. That's um, just on the cusp of becoming a Category 3 um, there is actually aircraft in the storm at the moment, so uh, we're going to see if we have any uh, winds that are above a category two to upgrade that storm. Um, but this storm is forecast to continue to push northward towards the Big Bend of Florida through the overnight hours, and is forecast to make landfall somewhere along that Big Bend area
0: around the sunrise sunrise hours this morning.
7: Mm.
0: All right. So, what is is it the fact that it's going to it's it's taking a little bit longer, maybe? Uh, to to make that landfall, that water, that, that warm water of the Gulf, is powering this storm, and that's why we have a forecast for it to be a Category 4. Is that what's happening here?
6: Um, it's, a, it's a couple factors. There's some light wind shear at the moment over the storm, so it's able to stack up pretty nicely, and the, the waters are very warm. So it's, it's using all that heat energy from the surface of the ocean and the light wind shear to be able to organize very effectively.
2: Uh, George, I see that uh, that the looking at the cone here, the latest cone of Idalia, that it has, you know, moved more to a little bit to the west. And the track seems to be going more over not just the coast of Georgia and South Carolina, but uh, the eye of what will still be a hurricane uh, predicted on Wednesday will be at the South Carolina-Georgia uh, border, uh, which means there's going to be quite a bit of damage in those areas, Right
6: um there could be it, it is still forecast to be a hurricane um that far inland hmm. um we're going to still have to see how much land interaction it has to see what kind of uh system it is once it makes landfall uh, because they do tend to to weaken pretty quickly after they make landfall hmm. uh but yes it is still likely to be a hurricane at that point
2: is there any concern because i'm look I, I was reading on this and and uh, a little bit earlier and then looking at the cone and the way that it's expected to almost come around uh, and, and head back uh, southeast again, you know, uh, uh, I guess southwestern Bermuda, any concern that it might come around again and hit the United States again?
6: There are some uh, model guidance that do suggest the storm is going to kind of loop around a little bit. Um, maybe come back towards the eastern coast of Florida, but as it does so, it is going to weaken pretty rapidly. Mm. So you're not going to see a major hurricane looping around, coming and smacking the east coast of Florida. All right. um, it, it is going to weaken pretty significantly, but yeah. um, out that far out, it is pretty uncertain with track and intensity. So we're just going to have to keep watching the latest trends with that.
2: Could you, what, could you explain why 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 does that happen? If it comes back over the ocean again, uh the atlantic again which is still pretty warm why would it weaken especially if it's heading south again
6: um if it kind of depends on the other weather systems in the area if it's okay. interacting with other large um weather systems, it can create areas that are less favorable for development. So there are going to be areas of higher wind shear that are going to inhibit that development.
0: What are we looking at in terms of storm surge right now up to this point, and what should we expect in the coming hours? So the the maximum forecast of storm surge right now is 12 to 16 feet
6: along the Big Bend of Florida. Mm. Um, And we could see totals of 7 to 11 feet between Yankee Town um, and Alconte River. So really between Tallahassee um, and that Yankee Town area is going to see the maximum
0: surge with this storm. Right. And and we do know that in those areas, obviously, every region has its flood prone areas. But storm surge is the most dangerous part, quite often, most often of hurricanes. That's where it becomes very dangerous is in the storm surge. Is that correct? Yes. The storm surge is by
6: far the deadliest aspect of the hurricane. Hmm. And it can really sweep away houses, people
0: very quickly. And we do have the risk of because this is this has happened. And and there's always this risk of storms like this spawning tornadoes. Where is that risk level? And obviously, those tornadoes are spawned very quickly. There's very little warning. Uh, You only have a few minutes warning. It's not like a hurricane that we can watch. Uh, Having grown up in Tornado Alley, I certainly am aware of that. But uh, we can watch a hurricane for days and get a forecast. And sometimes in the Midwest, you can see these supercells. But with hurricane-spawned tornadoes, uh, it happens very quickly. What are we expecting? Where's the risk on something like that?
6: The greatest tornado risk with the storm, or with any storm, really, if you divide it up into quadrants, um, you're going to be seeing the greatest tornado risk in the northeast side of the storm. So wherever this makes landfall um, somewhere along the Big Bend on that northeast side of it, you're going to see the greatest risk for tornadoes as mm. this makes landfall.
0: All right. Wow. Uh, we want uh, everybody to have their, uh, your, your, uh, and and hopefully you've already prepared, but if you're in the path of this storm um, and weren't able to get out for any reason, that you've got your radios on, that you've got uh, uh, communication, you've got your batteries charged and everything, uh, because in the coming hours, uh, uh, Idalia will be making landfall and the effects of Idalia already being felt right now and we appreciate meteorologist george rizzuto thanks george thank you george rizzuto we appreciate you being on and uh and we'll let you get back to work there thank you
2: thank you guys have a good night
0: you thank too. you right. uh george is at the national weather service forecast mm-hmm. office there in miami yes
2: the red-eye national weather service
0: mm-hmm. yes <laughs> <He's> exactly, <up. laughs> He's exactly. <up> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's
2: yeah. right you got that, that's a 24-hour job too
0: is that it? Uh, i mean that, you that know that's they, they don't
2: shut down at eight o'clock
0: i I have on most nights. Yeah, you you know when you think of meteorologists, you might think everybody thinks in terms of uh, TV, radio, or the media, whatever, uh, which is great. Um, but the people also that at the National Weather Service, uh, and it's interesting to watch a, a lot of them here in the Midwest, um, especially centered around Norman, Oklahoma, and many of them as they're going to school, as they're getting their training and experience over the years, uh, they are storm spotters. And it is uh, fascinating. I, I follow a number of them, and you and I have over the years. In fact, uh, when you know it, it uh, things just really there was just a repeated supercell activity uh, in in the Oklahoma area, and then oh. you know, you know, you you look at at everything where, my gosh, um, uh, it, that that region just seemed to be every year, and it still is. Uh, because it's really the heart of Tornado Alley, but it just seemed to be a hot spot in that Oklahoma City area.
2: I mean, we've had it; in, it's happened in Texas. I mean, we have those outbreaks, and yeah. and they're le- I mean, they're
0: legendary in, you
2: know, in the history of of meteorology.
0: Yeah, Joplin, you know the yep. the tornado there,
2: and but not just that tornado, but the tornadoes. But when you have like twenty tornadoes in one day, in a it, from a specific area, that's
0: you know with that supercell activity, it, it is. Um, it's frightening to watch, actually. Um, but I'm grateful that we have people like uh, George Rizzuto yeah. and other meteorologists yeah. out there looking out for people. And the technology that they have that that is part of the system now that gives us plenty of warning on something like a hurricane. And again, when you're talking about a Category 4 hurricane, this is this is one that will absolutely be in the history books. As all major hurricanes are, they'll be looking to study it. They'll be looking to take more information in hopes of building uh, or making improvements in the system uh, for greater warnings and preparation in, in, in the future.
2: You know, when I when I look at uh, in uh, Tallahassee right now and where it's going in the way that, you know, the, the uh, hurricane going counterclockwise, actually winds coming in. You know, really from the northeast. Yeah. And if you're talking about winds that are anywhere near 100 miles an hour, when we were talking to Greg yesterday, yeah, uh, uh, there from uh, Real Talk in uh, in Tallahassee, great affiliate of ours. Uh, but, and and he said they have so much forest land that that's yeah. why they're so afraid trees are going to be flying yeah. all over he, the oh place. Oh my gosh. And he was talking about the fact, you know, you get 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, and that's enough. Well, if oh, you've yeah. got winds, and, yeah. and maybe the, those winds coming from the backside will be slower, but they're still going to be, if it hits and it's a cat four, there's going to be 100-mile-an-hour winds it's a
0: ton even of, coming from that direction. It's a ton of destruction. And, you know, Greg uh, also brought up the idea of the blue moon, which means higher uh, tides, tides. And yeah. so naturally, and then you add the storm surge. I don't know what numbers have been put to that, but, of course, as Greg uh, pointed out, you, you're talking about up to 16 feet right now being predicted on storm surge. Uh, that's massive. Those numbers, they, it's mind boggling, and we're already seeing this, the the flooded areas uh, in the evening before the sun went down in that area. Uh, that the, the, there were images and 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 videos coming out of that area of the storm surge. So for anyone, if for whatever reason you could not get out of the way. Uh, hopefully you are prepared to weather this storm because, again, a Category 4 is going to create a lot of destruction. You're going to see power Mm -hmm. outages. You're going to see uh, a number of issues that we have seen over and over and over again, and that's what you uh, hopefully have planned for and prepared for.
2: And like I said, the the one good thing it seems that where it's going to hit is very sparsely populated because if this was – you know, you think about it, if this was uh, if this was hitting a Panama City, you know, or oh, or, yeah, yeah. or even coming around and hitting a, a Tampa or north of Tampa, all the yeah. suburbs north of, of Tampa and all the or, development yeah. that's right, right there on the Gulf. Right, yeah. Uh, and not that there aren't some developments there, but not, you don't have millions of people right. like you would if it was hitting some other area uh, there. Did you see the video? Was mm-hmm. it going... Viral on social media. Maybe it's a couple of years old. I don't. I never saw it before. Mm. But it was Jim Cantori. He just he'd walk into a supermarket. Yeah. All of a sudden, look. Everybody, oh my goes, God. They, yeah, they go. Yeah. They go like all of a yeah. sudden this guy's sitting there with his basket starts taking everything, everything and throwing it in, in, yeah. in, into the basket. And yeah, then yeah. wherever he goes, people are panicking. You it's like, oh my God, there's Jim Cantore Weather well, well, Channel. And, the, and then
0: Granny Tish he, said it yesterday morning. You know, you don't want Jim Cantori in your town. Right.
2: Exactly. And yeah. then then he goes to the beach. And the entire beach goes quiet. Everybody, yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of people on the beach. They look and they go out
3: of the water. Yeah. They're all running away yeah. from the beach. Well, I mean, there. it's
0: and 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 you know those are the signs. And having covered this, uh, you know, ourselves uh, at over the years uh, with with breaking news and a lot of these storms, of course, make landfall overnight in early morning hours. And you you look at again um, what those risks are, and we've had friends that that are dispatched and go out and cover this uh, for a long, long time. But it's this, again, a very dangerous storm. Greg brought it up yesterday morning in our final hour. Greg Tisch, uh, Real Talk 93.3 there in Tallahassee, brought up, you know, some people are even discussing a possible Category 4 level before it hits land. And with that latest update at 11 p.m. Central, from the National Hurricane Center, uh, that's it. There's, it's uh, expected to be a Category 4. I, I saw meteorologists on uh, uh, during the day yesterday uh, making the point that, you know, when you talk between, uh, and, and we were just talking with George uh, uh, at the National Weather Center, about, okay, it's right now a strong 2, maybe it will go above a 3 soon, and when you talk about the difference between, you know, five miles per hour or something, that may not be a lot. But when you talk about the overall level of what a category four is.
2: Over 130 miles an hour.
0: That yeah. is mind-boggling, and that is extremely dangerous. We're going to be covering this throughout the morning hours.
1: Eight six six ninety red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right. Well, it seemed to blow up yesterday. Uh, over 5,000 emails where Joe Biden uses a, the president uses an, an, an alias. And that's really interesting. Uh, how do you get those released? I was I was reading yesterday that Republicans saying, I think it was Ron Johnson, saying Obama needs to release it. Well, does Obama need to release it if you believe Or will an impeachment inquiry allow you to get all of those records? Because the archives has admitted. They've said, yes, we have over, it's like 5,000 emails and and other Mm -hmm. records, 5,400 in total, and other records of Joe Biden using an alias in communications. My God, you look at that and it's like, what in the world is, is in there. Why would a vice president ever use an alias? Right. On things that could be used you know that that he would do from his office cuz that's where the Freedom of Information Act comes in. And that's the and, 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 and that's and those, the
0: charge. Right. You you know trying to avoid again uh a FOIA and other things that would basically find you out. It's we're not talking about a code name that the secret service well, that, well, assigned to well,
2: him. my point is
0: those actually went into FOIA. Yes, I know. Fo- yeah, fo- well, fo- yeah, well, well, yeah. and because I think, but I think the attempt was use a name, and nobody, if it comes out through for you, yes, no, no-, no- right. one's going to know it was him. Right. Joe Biden's name is a yeah, anonymous. so you're avoiding yes, it you're, right. that way,
3: right?
5: Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio
2: All across America and around the planet, eight six six ninety red eye He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. All right, what happened uh, uh, yesterday? This was just, uh, part of this was so heartbreaking. You had more Gold Star parents uh, talking yesterday, a roundtable before the House Foreign Affairs uh, 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 Committee. These parents really want to get their messages out now. Now that it's been, you know, a significant period of time has uh, has elapsed and uh, a lot of them regret not telling the president what they initially thought. These are the uh, parents of the 13 soldiers that died uh, in uh, in Afghanistan. And as we have stated for the longest time, the American people understand that Biden lied to the American people over and over about the whole withdrawal on a number of different uh, uh, areas, as we've talked about before. But I want to hear, I know we just want to hear right now from uh, a few of the Gold Star uh, uh, parents. Uh, this is uh, the, uh, the dad of uh, fallen Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover. And just part of what he had to say yesterday at this roundtable. Then we move
8: to two weeks ago. We have Biden shouting in a press conference. Name me one single objective that we set out to accomplish that we failed on. Name me one in all of our history, not one. I say to you, Mr. President, you got 13 pictures that we have all named. You got 13 that you did not accomplish. I know he can't name one of them without a card sitting in front of him or a teleprompter sitting in front of him. I say to him, resign. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Secretary Blinken, Secretary Lloyd, General Milley, you need to resign.
2: Again, that's the father of fallen Staff Sergeant uh, uh, Taylor uh, Hoover. Also, you had Mark Schmitz, the father of Marine Lance uh, Corporal Uh, Jared Schmitz, who was one of the 13 U.S. service members killed in that uh, bomb blast on October 26th, 2021. Here's part of the statement that he made yesterday.
7: Not a single person has been held accountable. Our so-called leader can't seem to even utter their names in public, not even once. Mr. Biden has run his entire political campaign for 50 years as the family man. Well, I've got news for you, sir. The curtain has been lifting, and that campaign slogan will never work again. We have seen what's going on in your family, and even worse, we've seen how you've been treating us as Gold Star families, and there couldn't be anything more disgusting and cowardly than the way you have treated us. You are a disgrace to this nation. You have no business having ultimate command over our military, and I regret not saying that to your face when I had the opportunity in Dover. I felt it more like more important to bite my tongue. But I also had more important things on my mind at that time, like receiving my son's lifeless body stateside. Well, I stood there on the tarmac.
2: So that was uh, 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 again, that was uh, from. um, Mike Schmitz, Mm.
0: you know, you look at it. I saw a moment when Biden was in Hawaii where he looked at his watch. And it wasn't one of the moments that went viral, the one moment where he appeared to fall asleep. But he, it was, it was during, it was in that setting. It was a couple of minutes from that, that moment where he looked like he fell asleep. He looked at his watch. He does it a lot. And the images of him repeatedly, as Mr. Schmidt said, looking at his watch. I've never believed he cared about anything but himself. Joe Biden, how you can have, and we said this about Hawaii. How can your heart not be breaking? Well, in the case of the botched exit from Afghanistan with these gold star families, when you're the decision maker behind it, when it was a result of your design, And your failed leadership. And I hesitate using that word leadership and Joe Biden in the same sentence. Because he's not a leader. When you look at the failures of this and it's just, it is heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to our allies when parliament, Members of Parliament were talking about how some of them had been over there. And their comrades did not come home from Afghanistan. All of the sacrifices that were made over all of those years. And he set up a series of lies that resulted and these casualties, and it didn't have to be that way. And these families will live with this forever. These gold star families will grieve, and I can't imagine my frustration as a U.S. citizen. Anytime anyone even, and you and I, approach this topic repeatedly, on so many levels, My frustrations just fire off. I can't even imagine what these Gold Star families are going through. The grieving and the frustration that will, the frustration will also be with them likely for the rest of their lives, knowing this was by design, this was the decision-making of one guy, And during that entire summer, he was lying, when his top general stepped down and the job wasn't done yet, that should have been a huge red flag. There should have been a lot more questions as to what was going on behind the scenes. And now we know. And then when the Taliban took Kabul and it was clearly over and 13 service members were gone you had to bother him to come back from vacation he didn't say a word until he was forced to do it and then literally turned his back on this country and those gold star families in their earliest moments of grieving and went back to vacation. That's who Joe Biden is.
2: You know, I when uh, you know I I, I think about uh, the movie Black Hawk Down, which I've never watched it. I just I just couldn't watch. I it's watched not the an beginning of movie it. Movie to watch. I I, I I've always um, and I remember talking about this. So this uh, that was ninety three. So mm. I remember talking about it way back then and said I just can't I can't watch the end of it because I can't watch. As we did then, leaving U.S. troops out to dry. You know that there wasn't the proper support there. Uh, you know to 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 keep them safe, and to me, that should never, ever, 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 ever happen. And so, uh, I I look at at that, and and then I see what happened. When you see, and I can't remember the soldier that was talking about what happened at that day, that they, they had identified the person. They had identified the person who had the bomb at the gate. Yeah. And nobody would give them the call to take that person out.
0: They and, wouldn't, and, and there was no, you know, and,
2: and the frustration of no communication, just not responding to them. Is, un- I, it's, is, it, it, is is is
0: unforgivable, but it's the same playbook during the Obama years with Benghazi. It was the same playbook. Yeah, those on the ground, those operatives on the ground, do a flyover, buzz the enemy, give us a little bit of shelter. We you don't have to even drop any weapons. Do something. And they did nothing. I, We've had that discussion on Benghazi. Ambassador Stevens and Sean Smith, there was likely nothing that you could have done short of not sending Ambassador Stevens to Benghazi at that time. But in terms of the enemy coming to that compound, you you probably weren't going to prevent their deaths. But the others were preventable. And those are the, those are the things that we, we look at and say, all right, why is all this done? Well, if you expand it out, Ambassador Stevens was there really to try and do the local handshake in Benghazi before. Then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was to arrive weeks later. That was going to be the plan. She was going to go and see and and tell the world, see, we don't need boots on the ground to achieve peace.
2: But this well, well the hesit- whole the whole Benghazi, as we know, was and 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 changing the narrative of it and lying about and what, lying what happened.
0: And then lying to, to Sean Smith's right. mother and then accusing her. I it's this is the playbook. Of course Biden was going to do it this way. I can't imagine what it's like to have that weight on your shoulders as the commander-in-chief when you have to send people into danger. I can't imagine that. But as a nation, as a society, you it, it, there are two choices. You show up With an effort to win, giving everybody in that equation what they need for victory, or you don't go. And with Afghanistan, that summer was set up, and we we saw it. Biden was trying to get then-president of Afghanistan to help him tell the lie that there was no danger, everything was fine. With Americans civilian Americans living in Afghanistan. There's no threat that the Taliban will take over. The Taliban's not going to take over. Don't worry. The Taliban's not going to take over. And then after the botched exit, the sit-down interview that he was, again, forced to do, Biden says, well, yeah, the Taliban was always going to take over. He wanted to create this situation. He he lied about it over and over and over and over, not to preserve covert operations and to help preserve lives. He did the opposite. His lies put people in danger and ultimately cost lives. It is absolutely... The most frustrating thing you can look, and and as an American citizen, many of us feel so helpless in in, in looking at that. When you hear from these gold star families, I, I, I just, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that kind of pain. And it didn't have to be that way. Our allies know it. You know, I look back here and 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 uh, this uh, just
2: going back in you know ninety three looking at mogadishu and and uh, in Somalia, you know, the former Secretary of of Defense Les Aspen, who, as uh, they write here from Newsweek managed to infuriate nearly everyone when he turned down the ground commander's request for additional armor and eighteen GIs died because there were no tanks to rescue them. The grunts felt betrayed. Aspen's subsequent trip to Capitol Hill was a fiasco. Though he warned the White House it would be a mistake to brief Congress before setting a clear policy, he was sent anyway and was roundly denounced for the massacre. In fact, Aspen was only partially to blame for the Somalia disaster. He alone among Clinton's senior advisors had warned that American forces were getting overcommitted. Even if he had approved the armor, it probably would have arrived too late. The real fault uh, lay with the pig-headedness of U.N. political advisors in Somalia. There should never be an American troop, ever. That you cannot rescue or get out of trouble with other American troops. End of story. We're the and best. I know, and we're I, the best at it. And there were many stories that Les Aspen, you know, even to the day that he died, you know, felt terrible guilt over it and realized how bad it wasn't. I don't care whether it would have helped. You send it. Well, well, it might not have helped. Right. I don't care. You don't leave. You know, U.S. You know, I was, I was reading a, I was reading an article just uh, yesterday talking about, you know, why is the confidence in the U.S. military gone down? Very easy when you've got U.S. military spe- people speaking about the fact that thirteen American soldiers died and nobody did anything yeah. when the commander in chief lies, and that is that that in turn sets the table to get thirteen American soldiers killed. Yeah, and these they I had identified as they publicly have stated they identified who had the bomb and wanted to take them out and couldn't get the order to take them out, and Americans die because of it, yeah. if you wonder why the military is hurting in credibility, it's not because of those soldiers, it's because of the management of those soldiers. Yes. And and so when you see this here, I mean, it's heartbreaking to hear, you know, these Gold Star parents talk. How
0: you, can't be, uh, you, How you can't be we're, moved by it? and all, he's not. We, we all grieve with him, all right. except Joe Biden.
2: 866 red eye
5: Least owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth 1. Concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth 2. More revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio, he's Sarah Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, the, let's uh, let's let's uh, quit the profanity when we're not on the air. Yeah, you guys! You guys! I started laughing. How dare you! Uh, uh, coming up, some Kareem Jean-Pierre for yeah. you. We might as well make it entertaining. Okay. Why can't the Democrats just tell you what they believe? Huh? Why can't they do it?
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curly and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can listen overnight. Live. Did you notice how my voice got deeper as I got closer to the microphone? Yeah,
0: blah, 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 blah. Let me
2: talk in the old DJ puke voice. Yeah.
0: How is everybody doing today? Uh, my uh, wife heard something on the radio. We were in the car uh, over the weekend, and she heard this, you know, commercial or something, and it was a voiceover guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then she goes, woo, 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 woo. And I said, hey, hey, don't don't make fun of the my voiceover brethren. <laughs> Well, when you, when you talk
2: like this, Play, even my, my father doesn't know anything about radio. I mean, he yeah. knows I'm in it, but he knows what that's called. He's a lot like me. <laughs> my dad knows what that's called. My 97-year-old father, if you say, well, hello, and how are you today? Play. That's called puking in yeah. radio, just so everybody knows. That's the inside yeah. radio term. Yeah. That's called
0: puking. Play. Yeah. I don't know what that's called
2: yeah that.
0: that's that's a form of <laughs> is, is that a form puking? of yeah. is that a form of puking Play. but it,
2: but it a different a yeah. different yeah uh, it's
0: octave yeah well a you're a higher you're, puker. You, yeah because you you're you're going and people do that 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 it's because what you're doing is you're they're clearly you know moving their diaphragm in a way that also oh, is oh okay. that's why that's called that yeah Oh, okay yeah so yeah, right. right
2: let, let me do it again. Let me, let me yeah. just test that out.
0: Yeah.
2: And how are you today? Oh yeah, you are using your. I am using my diaphragm there. That's the, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's why it's called puking. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were a few voiceover guys who could really make make it happen. They get away with it. Yeah. No, or they no they I mean they did legendary like movie trailers and stuff like that. They they could actually make it work. Everybody else trying to mimic them. Sounded silly.
2: When I worked in Fort Walton Beach, Pensacola, and he was very well known there in the '70s and '80s, also Mobile, Alabama, great personality. Oh man, he, he passed away a few years ago. Mm. Dangerous Dan Patrick.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And and his voice—not the Dan Patrick from ESPN, but right. Uh, but uh, Dan was just a Gulf Coast uh, guy and and loved living there. And I remember telling him one time, he had such a deep voice. I mean, his voice was so low, and he worked afternoons for us. And But his voice was so low that at the end of the show, he would say, you know, goodbye, but he would just say bye. But his voice was so deep, he would say, this is dangerous, Dan Patrick. Bleh. And I would Bleh. get calls because yeah. I was the program director of the station. Could you please tell your afternoon guy not to burp at the end of his show? <laughs> yeah. His voice was so deep. It was like, yeah. "Yeah." But he got away. That was his natural voice. And you know what he told me one time? Because I said, Mm. boy, man, to have a voice like yours. He said, nope, you don't want a voice like mine. I said, why? He said, because if you go far in your career someday, he said, it's very tough for me. And it was a great point. Said it's very tough for me to show emotion. He goes, Your voice goes up and down. You can get your voice high, you can get it down lower. I yeah, he said, and he yeah, said, You're able to yeah. show emotion on the air. Yeah. And yeah. I can't. He said, so there's this whole thing called a radio voice. Yeah. He said, and it sounds great, but if everybody had a radio voice, there would be no difference. He goes, You notice a lot of the personalities out there that are great personalities. He said on morning shows, and this is going back to the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, he said. You know, a great modulation in their voices. And I noticed that in stand-up comedy from a lot of great stand-up comedians. It's
0: how you convey emotion. You convey
2: your emotion by how you can change the tone and level of your voice, especially if you can do it in a natural way. And I went, wow, that's really.
0: I I get that when people, you know, uh, don't know what I do for a living. Uh, What do you do for a living? radio oh you got a radio voice for yeah, sure i get that sure. too i, I don't yeah. i never thought of a radio voice you know that's and when someone is just getting into radio some of these young people you know and it's like yeah but i don't have a voice like yours oh no 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 don't wor don't worry about that that's not what people are listening to now they're if you listen to voice over now it's more of a a natural it's a natural everyday sound you're Mm -hmm. trying to make that connection um well
2: unless it's an action movie
0: well that's that's it but you know a lot of the trailers they don't have much voiceover in them that's true yeah you know yeah um but like all the concert ads back in the day bill young the late bill young was the guy that a lot of us in radio in, in terms of voiceover wanted to be or emulate, you know, we wanted that kind of, you know, uh, the Texas jam. He did, he did so many legendary rock concert ads. I know his
2: voice, we you know, know and his
0: voice, yeah. you know, under the Texas stars. I mean, he had this, <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh, I want that. And, and that's it. And, you know, but I always tell young people, no, 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 just use your natural voice. Um, uh, the one guy, in fact, uh, an executive radio guy, said to me uh, because I worked at an alternative rock station before I came here, and in production. And he said to me, "Yeah, but you know, I, I need to know. You know, here at this station, we we're not that format. So, real people don't talk that way. And that stuck with me. And you know, especially in today's world with podcasts and everything else." Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's not the radio the radio voice that they're looking for. It's it's a um, it's a human, you know. And if you're doing now, if you're doing voiceover, you know, uh, there there are a few, certainly a few uh, uh, places. Uh, television still, you know, tonight on A and E, you know the you know on uh, the first forty eight. They're doing all these things, and that kind of you know you're setting the tone. It's like music. You're setting the tone, um, but that's not, you know, there there's a – in terms of if you're wanting to do kind of your own thing, your own show or whatever, and you're getting into audio. You said this – I think you and I talked about it off year, and there was a person, and you said, look, uh, if you want to get into it, you know, start your own podcast because you can do that yeah. right now without anybody having to hire you. You know, get a little bit of a setup and, and start your own podcast – Put it out there on your social media so your friends and fi- family will find it, and talk about the things you're passionate about. And then you know if it, it if it uh, parlays into radio or a bigger podcast or whatever, then just but right. do you and know, post talk it, about you know, what you love.
2: Get get a and even get a uh, a camera and yeah. a microphone yeah. and put it on right. YouTube. You might right. only get fifty listeners. I said, but you have a choice. You either go to the small markets. Yeah, which is a tough way to that's how I did it and it's yeah, a, yeah. it's extremely it's really tough it's
0: extremely yeah. tough it's tougher now right even, yeah
2: but if you wanted if you wanted to uh, dabble in it uh put together a put together a podcast I'm amazed the the number of podcasts from just average people who have no broadcasting experience covering their NFL teams that they love and I've oh, noticed yeah. it yeah. has just boomed. In the last few years, I'll turn these things on like, I've no idea who these people are. Who are they? I mean, then you realize they're not radio people doing a podcast. They're simply just normal people saying, hey, I can do the graphics. I can do the graphics behind me. Uh, It's easy to get a podcast set up and I can just put it on YouTube. And there I am. Yeah, and and then you know if you're really good at it, then somebody may hire you down the road.
0: Well, I, at I, it, I
2: mean, and and your work. Meanwhile, you're working a job where you're actually making some money.
0: <laughs> I spoke to a class uh, a few months ago, Saint Ambrose University in Davenport, in the Quad Cities area, and it was a podcast class that a friend of mine, Dave Baker, teaches, and it was very interesting. And so we went around the room. I uh, did this uh, virtually. We did it over Zoom and. We went around the room, and uh, Dave said, "You know, Eric, I want you. Know, you know, I talked about what I do and, and the whole thing, and my thoughts on on where basically audio entertainment is today, and video entertainment, and and podcasting, and went around the room, and because they part of what they have to do is start their own podcast, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and there were a handful of them that were doing the sports. There were probably I don't know three or four that were doing sports-related podcasts. And you could kind of tell at first they didn't want to talk about it. You know, I was like, well, yeah. and then I was like, no, that sounds really interesting. You and I have talked about the the thing about content creators on on YouTube, on social media in general, that are doing things, in, and these are everyday people. Um, a lot of celebrities are kind of, you know, I mean, they've got, you got a built-in following. You know, if you're a celebrity already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love the people who aren't celebrities uh, showing off what they do, what they're passionate about or what they have experience in. And those are the things that I think people are drawn to. You may not have Joe Rogan's audience, but do it because you love it and, and be passionate about it and promote it the way you can with, you know, any following you have on social media. And people will find you
2: well the the thing is though i i think that right now and, and i notice a lot of the young people are doing the sports thing
0: because yeah, yeah yeah
2: you most people you you get it and i get it yeah how can you go on the air and say those things aren't, i mean i would be afraid to do that because yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll just get i mean i i i'll get canceled if if i did a podcast and and talk politics right. somebody would see it and i'd lose my job right because of my opinions i'm like well that's a solid point and which is why i believe a lot of people sports is safe you know yeah sure the the cowboys suck mm-hmm. no they don't mm-hmm. and then you go back and forth right but it's not you know it, it's you don't get canceled you don't get canceled right, over right, that, right. except if, you know, if you want a personal meeting with Jerry Jones.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> What? You said we suck? Well, sorry, you can't, you don't get that. Yeah. But, uh, and, and so sports is actually the safe outlet for people to begin. But it's also very tough on the issues. I, I know that when I became, and I was, for, as I, people, are, everyone knows, I've talked about it before, I was forced to become a talk show host. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the owner of the station said, no, you're going to do the show. And I didn't want to. And there is a certain (laughs) terrorizing feeling Mm. when you have to give your opinion on things that people passionately care about and you really haven't done your homework on it.
7: (laughs) And so you're trying to
2: find a way to somehow skate. And those are the growing pains, though, that you have in, 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 in talk radio. But people are so willing to cancel today. And out you is some, and, and especially if you're not, you know, if you're not experienced at doing it and you make a mistake, they'll destroy your life. And that's the problem with people doing politics on podcasts unless they're well known for doing
0: it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that,
2: is that you will get, you know, you you may lose your job if, you know, if you do it, but, you know, I guess you can lose your job anywhere, but at least conservative talk radio has such a base. There is sure. such a huge base of radio stations that it has become mainstream. And that's interesting because it's the same kind of debate, whether you're doing your own YouTube podcast or on the radio right. and doing a podcast off the radio, too. Well, they're well established and everything else. And mm-hmm. You're still doing the same thing, but it's easier to cancel that one person or get them fired from their off podcast job you know the podcast isn't really making them any money they're doing it just to you know to experiment yeah sports is safe politics is not
0: right yeah no that's that's it you know and it's interesting what kind of content is out there you know you mentioned you know look uh, set up a, a a podcast uh and and set up cameras in there by the way you and I have been asking management for a long time hey you guys want to set up uh, cameras in our studio and it, no 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 don't put those guys on camera. Um. You know, what, you know what it's like though.
2: The people you and I've talked about this a lot. Huh. The people that are on camera, that they've made their name because they're a personality on TV and when they do radio alone and you hear their voice alone yeah. after hearing their voice it's, and looking at different. their yeah. their their looking at their their body and their body language right. and the voice that comes out of it, then they just do radio or podcasting alone. Right. And you're like, ooh, they're not really at all as powerful whatsoever. <laughs> you yeah. know you know I thought about that when I first heard that was Bill O'Reilly. Oh yeah. When, Bill, Actually, when, you know when what? when Bill, when Bill, to me, when Bill O'Reilly, when you saw his voice with his personality, extremely powerful, when it was his voice alone on the radio was not at all as powerful. I heard uh,
0: Brian to, to me. To yeah, me. I heard Brian Kilmeade on the radio the other day and I didn't know what it was. I just flipped the channel and I'd heard him and I didn't realize it was him for a minute. And I was like, no, oh, he sounds good. You know, he sounds no, that's good. he, he yeah, sounds wow. good on the radio. You know so you, you watch him on Fox News uh, but his, he sounds good on the radio he's done doing a good job
2: 86690
1: Red Eye lines open for your calls 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio
2: In Trotight Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the uh, top of the hour, we will get to Corrine Jean Pierre. And just ask, and this is a serious question, because I can't imagine being heavily involved in politics or opinion and not giving your opinion. Yeah. Not being able to give your opinion or not wanting to give what you actually believe to the public. And Democrats do that consistently. We'll have an example coming up.
1: is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across the USA. We are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight. <laughs> and I just wonder if you're in a political party and your whole thing is uh, promoting what you believe. Why won't you tell people what you believe? Right. I'm always fascinated by that. We're going through that with the Democrats right now with abortion. Mm. Yeah. Uh I believe on 99% of Democrats voted for a bill that would uh a national bill that would legalize abortion up up to birth. Right. Yet they all claim they're against it. Right. And this really came out with this really the uh, <laughs> the blank hit the fan really last week uh during the debate, the Republican debate when Nikki Haley brought that up. Mm. you need to start asking them okay fine you know and and we've talked about this uh really since uh since the dodd's decision yeah and you know and so that's just a little bit over a year old and i remember uh being on vacation last labor day week we always take labor day week off and That was my first discussion with women who I and it's just a bunch of people that I know and I I met them and some people I know from other people and I know them casually, whatever. And as soon as someone said he's a conservative talk show host, they were mumbling around, you know, it's like, oh, that's Gary. You know, that kind of thing. You've been there before, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then someone says, hey, so you're a talk show host. So uh, this horrible decision by the Supreme Court, you know, it's uh, you know, it's a woman's body the supreme court needs to stay out of women's body and i was okay then so you believe in abortion up to birth well no no well to when well the second trimester well then it's not about your body what are you talking about well isn't the isn't the baby still in your body from this second trimester to the third trimester well yeah but uh, but it's uh, yeah but I believe it's a human at that point well so do they just at different levels you know you have some who believe that it's a heartbeat you have some that believe that it believes a conception so it's not about your whole argument that it's about a woman's body doesn't hold any water mm-hmm. by what you just told me you don't even buy into your argument and I got this look like, whoa, this guy's really an idiot. I don't like him at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I but the people around were shaking their heads like, he got you mm. on that one. So we understand the point that Democrats must believe in abortion till birth. Otherwise, they can't use their main argument. It's my body. Yeah. But the fact is they all claim at least over the last week, that none of them believe in abortion till birth. And Nikki Haley asked the question last week. Well, then up to what point? You need to answer that question. Up to they can't answer the question. And I also brought that up, and I said you can't define
0: when life begins. Yet you want the Supreme Court to. Well, and we, you know, we brought up. That uh, uh, yesterday on the show, uh, and I think we were commenting uh, again on Nikki Haley's comments, mm-hmm. and this is where the Supreme Court left it. The Supreme Court said, we can't define where life begins. You have to, through
2: your elected representatives. And if you can't defi- define when life begins, where's your argument? Well,
0: and that's it. And, and here, And then you, as you pointed out, all but a couple of Democrats voted all the way till birth. That's their that was their position. So don't you know? I don't care who it was. It was uh, I. I know that um, uh, Jen Psaki was trying to make the point on MSNBC. Oh, this is a myth. The Republicans are 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 putting them. well. No, if that's the way those Democrats voted, they voted that way. Yeah, and and so. Here's the question, because AOC came out after uh, Dodd came down and then it was, all right, um, the Supreme Court, blah, 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 raking them over the coast and then saying, we need to take this up in Congress. Well, that's interesting because that's exactly what the Supreme Court said. And she didn't realize she was making the same point. At the Supreme Court was yeah, making.
2: They don't even know what the ar- the argument is. But for such an important issue, they're not willing to actually tell you what they believe right. based on how they voted. Right. And they created the bill. It wasn't like yeah. Republicans created a bill, so they had to right. go along with it. Right. They created the bill, and the vast majority uh, vote for abortion till birth right Nikki Haley brought up the point this is where their weakness is and they know it that's why they're screaming mm. that we don't believe in abortion till birth right even though they all do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well another one is the whole radical transgender movement this is Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday being asked this question uh, about the transgender movement and what the White House what the president actually believes here we go,
6: Green. Um, question on the big election topic: transgender rights. Former Governor Nikki Haley and presidential candidate says, "Quote: The idea that we have biological boys playing in girls' sports—it is the women's issue of our time. Does the president agree that this is a women's rights issue?"
3: So we've talked about this many times. This is the Title IX uh, specifically. Uh, look, um, and again, we've talked about this multiple times. It's a con-
2: you, don't you love how she talks how yeah. she does that all the time we've talked about this multiple times we've covered about this multiple times we've talked about this multiple times we've talked and yet the candidate you,
6: says quote the idea that we have biological boys playing in girls sports it is the women's issue of our time does the president agree that this is a women's rights issue
3: so we've talked about this many times this is the title nine uh, specifically uh look um And again, we've talked about this multiple times. It's a complicated issue, and there are a wide range of views on this. Uh, The Department of Education proposed a rule, as you know. Uh, that gives schools the flexibility to establish their own uh, athletics uh, policies, and so while establishing uh, guardrails, right, to to prevent discrimination against transgender kids, and that is something that is in- incredibly important uh, uh, that the president wants to make sure that we also uh, do that as well. So I'm just not going to get ahead of that. As I said, there's a proposed rule uh, uh, for and uh, Title IX uh, on Title IX uh, that the Department of Education has laid out.
2: Why can't she just say what the White House believes? Right. Women shouldn't be playing sports. Men should be playing women's sports. Women... That Title IX is irrelevant now. Right. Uh, Remember, as we started out the show, I believe it was yesterday, the Taliban said that women shouldn't be sightseeing. Mm -hmm. The Democratic Party says women shouldn't be playing sports. Right. I mean, they believe that men should play women's sports. Right. Why can't they say it? Right. We all know that's what they believe.
0: It's why how they're acting.
2: So, Democrats, why don't you demand that your politicians, <laughs> when they vote a certain way and they enact legislation that does something, why won't they own up to the fact of that's what they're doing? Look, Obama started it. Biden's continuing it. They have changed and wish to change the definition of a woman. They cannot even define what a woman is. By the way, I want to be clear. We talked yesterday about the uh, the sorority uh, in uh, University of Wyoming, right? And the judge's ruling on it. We had just gotten it. Just uh, I thought about it uh, yesterday. We had just gotten it and was were reading it and trying to figure out what the judge was saying the uh, uh doing further analysis on it yesterday the judge was saying that the uh that uh it, there there were two points the number one he wasn't going to define a woman basically saying that the sorority hadn't defined what a woman is so they can do whatever they wish to do and that was the criticism that i saw on it well we know what a woman is hmm. there is you know and i guess what the judge was saying there is well, they say they don't know what a woman is, so they can allow anybody in. If that's their rule, that's their rule. It's a private organization, but I'm not going to.
0: define... And they voted on it as an organization,
2: right? And but I'm not going to define a. I'm not going to define a woman. You're not going to define something that is a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Really, this blows science out the window. Democrats really can never use that again. We're the party of science. Yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not even close. And but why can't they say no? If biological men wish to play sports against biological women and take over sports and win the awards, that's what we believe. And we believe that it's right to threaten women who don't go along with us. Why can't Democrats tell you exactly what they believe with the radical transgender movement? Their behavior, based on the legislation and the changing of Title IX, make it absolutely clear what they're doing. Why can't they admit it proudly to the public?
0: And so you have that issue promoting
2: it. You have you have abortion. They won't tell you where they actually stand based on the behavior. Their behavior of how they vote, they won't do it. It's really amazing. It's almost, I'm trying to think of an analogy. You know, it's its um, trying to think of, you know, uh, I'm, <laughs> Gary, do you believe in talk radio? Well, um, there are a lot of variables there. Uh, well, It's what I do for a living, so of course I like it. My behavior indicates that I like it. But it's a to-
0: complicated issue, and listen, we've discussed this many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that was so weak. We've discussed this many times, but we've never given you an answer. Yeah, we've been over this well,
0: so many times that we haven't given you an answer on it. Well, the gaslighting, you know, like you you're not paying attention. We've yeah. discussed this already, which translates into in reality, I really don't want to be talking about this. <laughs> exactly, we'll let school all the schools and the local uh, communities decide what, how they're going to, you know, no, 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 no. What is the official position? She mentioned guardrails. What do you mean guardrails? (laughs) What kind of guardrails are we talking about? Right. Because we know, and this goes back to the Obama administration, it was a, it, There was a joint edict between the with the, the Department of Justice and Department of Education. Well, why is the DOJ on that? Because if you violate this edict, we see it as violating the rights of the student. The DOJ is coming after you. Now, all these years later, as we said, look, this is not going to go away. They're only going to intensify this. And, of course, now we've seen the weaponization of the DOJ. So let's ask the question now. All right, what is it about? Well, we're going to come after you. We're going to weaponize, and we're going to come after you for our agenda. So, uh, Title Nine is out the out the window. It's over. If the left has their way, women will not and and don't right now have the protection of Title Nine.
2: No, they don't. Yeah, it's a great point.
0: And so this is their. It's it's clear. Why they won't proudly promote it? I don't know. I mean, that that's what they believe. It needs to be gone, out the window. Title Nine is wrong. If a man says he's a woman, that's good enough for us, and he gets to play on the women's team. And we'll celebrate him for setting records.
2: I got to find, uh, that uh, popped something in my head that I read the other day. Somebody on the left was saying, you know, can't believe women get upset about this. Look, there are things that are unfair in sports. Deal with it. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Full-on misogyny, right? <laughs> come on, I mean, ladies. The promotion of misogyny there. It's
0: like, it's like <laughs> well, listen. Well, then then forget about equal pay. Deal with it. Things are unfair. There are three, <laughs> there are three things, three words that come to mind when I think of women. Barefoot. Pregnant. kitchen. Right. Just be blunt. Come on.
2: Be blunt. I mean, why not go full on? Right. Wow. Just, tell us what you really believe. Exactly. The misogyny. Deal with it, really, ladies. You think about it. The misogyny and the radical transgender movement. We were probably one of the first because we've been talking about this for the longest time. But the misogyny, the hatred towards women, biological women, is so palatable and so reprehensible. And it is mainstream now. It's not a fringe thought it's mainstream of the Democratic Party where every single Democrat against except Joe Manchin voted for men to be able to play yep. sports against women yep. and for child mutilation. Right. Think about this. Except for Joe Manchin, every Democrat what a disgusting group of people they are. Not based on any physical characteristics, but their perverted mindsets and their misogynist mindset. Reprehensible. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: In Tronite Radio, he's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, fake names. Numerous fake names Biden is uh, uh, using. Reading here, Bud Light sales continue to crater mm. as other beers widen their lead as better selling U.S. beers. Mm. Yeah. So apparently the imagery of Kid Rock drinking the Bud Light a couple of weeks ago hasn't changed anything
0: guessing not you know I was thinking about it I I thought you know Anheuser-Busch might have to go through an entire rebranding on on Bud Light not the entire company but on Bud Light I haven't seen the numbers on the sales of other products under Anheuser-Busch uh Mick Ultra Budweiser and uh any of the other products but no doubt that blue can it, something's going to have to change i guess if you're going to wait out you know if you're going to wait out this this whole thing are, are you expecting it to, to be behind you and that ultimately generate the next generation whenever that is starts to embrace the brand again or do you re- relaunch something i can't imagine uh on that level the discussion's going on right now but it's possible that you take Bud Light out of the group and it's like, okay, now launch something new and it's Budweiser less. I don't know what you call it, <laughs> but it's you know, you, you you launch something under the under the Anheuser Busch umbrella to well, take that take back that shelf space.
2: Could a government recommendation help? You're limited to two beers a week, but you can have four Bud Lights.
0: Yeah. Or might that change? Yeah, people's yeah. thought
2: process. Right.
0: Yeah. Or if you can have two <laughs> beers a week, as long as you support, you can have more than two beers a week, as long as you support our agenda. And as long as you're drinking this beer. Um, <laughs> we're, you know, it, it's, it's crazy how it just goes. You and I go back to the the Dixie Chicks. Mm -hmm. And here's what it was. They were on stage, I think in England. And they said something like, we're ashamed to be from, we're, we're, we're really, we're ashamed to be from the same state of that. George W. Bush is from. Mm -hmm. That's so mundane. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to what happens today crazy. That's a great point. <laughs>
1: Good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast. Available on our app and at com.
2: And he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want, if you can't listen live overnight.
0: And thank you.
2: So, looking here at this is, when you think about this, what a, what a story. I mean, you want to amplify what's already gone on with uh, Joe Biden, but the, the uh, new story over 5,000, 5,000 emails where he uses one of three aliases.
0: Mm. That's amazing. And here's my question. Who knew outside of Hunter and Joe, And anybody else on those emails? Who knew? Who inside? How many people inside the Beltway knew? Because the story is...